Hey, I didn't see you there. Welcome to Joyce Eclectic, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the interesting, and all sorts of musics. Hmm. Let's go. fake sneeze very convincingly but i can't do it without doing the fake sneeze i mean without doing a sneeze face well now you just have to do it <laughs> it's really that was good, really good. You're welcome. That was very good my uh, my sister asked me to when i first showed her that i could do it when i was like 14 she was like do it again do it again do it again and my nose started bleeding <laughs> was that a real one or that fake? was a real one i swear hey. <laughs> Totally real. Yeah, I swear to God. That's, that's amazing. really funny. Thinking All about right. sneeze, I, it's kind of like yawns. Like mm. when people think I yawn and I start yawn. Weird. It's weird. I, really? like when people mention sneezes or I see somebody sneeze, I'm like, hmm, I got a sneeze now. I, I don't sneeze very often, so I definitely do not experience that. I usually don't sneeze, sneeze very often, often, but my desk at work is so dusty because we're in the warehouse. Mm. Like I cleaned my desk off on a Thursday, came in that Friday, and it was already like had a, a new layer of some dust stuff. So I that's sneeze pretty frequently at work. Yep. Um, which is unfortunate. Our cat sneezes all the time. Oh, she's so sneezy. Cute though. It is. It's really adorable. <laughs> like she's just coming in the room. And, she's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that's adorable. And bless you. But uh, are you okay? Speaking <laughs> of adorable, I I got a video of Arthur chasing his tail the oh, other day, yeah. which doesn't happen barely at all. And mm-hmm. it was just it's so great. So all that. Uh, well, I'll probably have had a start by now. So well, everybody's yeah, been here in our little conversation. How's it going, everybody? Fine. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the, oh, okay, the audience. Sorry. Well, I just wait thought for them you to cared respond. About me. You're not going to get a response from them. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting here for a while. Uh, Some say they're still waiting there to this day. <laughs> but yeah, how are you guys doing? Doing the, you well. guys in the room this time? I'm, oh, <clears throat> yeah. I'm good. Well, now, what have you been listening to? Because I'm not ready yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, I've got a suspicion of what it might be. Oh, I think you do. I purposefully didn't yeah, yeah, pick yeah. this one because I was like, nah, Matt's going to have more to say about it. So I listen go for to the Punch it. Brothers' new record. Just look at this mess I've made in the thick of it. I like it like this, but I'll never tell you that. Uh, it's very good yeah came out on uh the 20th which was friday Friday. yeah Mm -hmm. and uh yeah the very next day i went and saw them play live at the ryman auditorium which is why i figured you'd have more to Mm -hmm. say about it than i (laughs) yeah i I mean this week like i I listened to a couple new things but i this was kind of like the highlight of the week my family was in town so that was nice too but uh, i was very much looking forward to the uh, punch brothers concert mm-hmm. and it was very very tremendous it was it was quite an experience uh, to see i mean it was something that you know was all too fitting for the venue in which they played i mean it's the ryman auditorium and they pulled out all the stops i mean they like for just five guys up there with a couple acoustic instruments like they really know how to put on a show and you can tell that every single one of them is having a tremendous time up there did they, was it like one Omni mic set up or? So they had two Omni mics um, and then uh, their stuff was all plugged in. So like okay. just through PA, I'm assuming. 
Um, but what they did end up doing, I mean, there's hardly anything on the stage. They had like a rug. All five of them were standing very close to each was other. Was it like a Persian rug or more of kind of? Mm. It was. It had like yeah, I care a lot flag about on it. Oh, really? Kind of thing. Holy yeah. cow! Did it really? Wow. Yeah. Well, interesting. Part of it did. Um, oh, but other than that, it was like kind of, I guess, Persian esque. I don't know. Would huh. not have anticipated. No, that. not at all. <laughs> Persian America, I guess you could call Persian it. Persian America. Um, Ameripers. But like, Ameri- just, to, Amerian. just to take up more space Armenian. on the stage, they needed to like put some tables up so all the guys could put their drinks on them. Oh. <laughs> they're all drinking like mint juleps. You could easily see that they all had mint juleps, oh, which is like, oh, on the news. <laughs> which also <laughs> makes they have a song called Julep. Yeah, I so, know. I mean, yeah, you know, that actually just happens. came up last night because we were playing code names with uh, mm. me and my wife were. With some of that's, our a friends. that's a really fun game. It is a fun game. game. Uh, the oh, what was the, oh Kentucky Derby or uh, it may have just been Kentucky or Derby or horse racing. I can't horseshoes. That's what it was. Okay, hey. and she yeah I know I got there eventually. <laughs> She's they allowed her to say mint julep. Okay. I don't know why because that's really two words. So but that's what you drink uh, with the horse I mean, did not rules. know that that was like a Kentucky Derby thing though. So I oh, horseshoes totally, a drink. Horseshoes also a drink. Is it? Oh, Isn't I don't it? know. I think a horse. They is were a just drink. saying because like uh, Coca Cola is a drink. Like Does that count? Drink. The Derby. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I say it counts. Uh, but was but but anyway. the, the the one part about this concert that was just so good was they came out and did two encores. They came out and did one encore and they played a, a one of their new songs. They did a good chunk of the new record uh, nice. during the show and it was really pleasant, you know, just to hear those What's new songs. What's the name of the new the record time. again? I forgot. All Ashore. All Ashore. That's yes. right. Uh, so and I hadn't listened to I hadn't listened to the album before I saw them and then the next day I was all about it. So uh, ju- I heard those songs for the very first time live, which was a really really fun experience. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that they were having a blast too because it was probably you know among the first time that they've done them. But what they did was during their second encore they came out and they unplugged everything and they just asked the audience to get kind of quiet and they all stood right at the front of the stage nice. in a line and did straight bluegrass like 10 minutes of just the That's like some old great. old old nashville bluegrass and it was really really fun because i mean it like for those 10 minutes they managed to make this big huge auditorium feel like an intimate little coffee shop mm-hmm. you know they just asked the audience to kind of like just stay a little bit quiet and they could stomp along and stuff like that because if you started clapping along yeah. you're gonna drown out the band well to be fair um, if you're on the balcony and you stomp too hard you will also start to drown out the yeah. band <laughs> so yep. uh we you know the stomping kind of uh stopped after a little bit too but it was just really fun i mean just to just to hear that with no mics at all nothing else going on just these five guys up there who were having a blast and mm-hmm. letting everybody else have a blast too i was looking at the people in the front row and they were just like in awe of what they were i mean I they were just it. staring up like I mean, wow. those guys are phenomenal players, too, oh, yeah. so that's just yep. super cool. Yeah, every song, I mean, at least one of them had, like, their shining moment, you know, like, they they did, they did added on a lot to a lot of their, their songs and then, like, let, you know, the bass player come up and, like, he would move his stand-up bass a little up front <laughs> and then just do his little noodly thing and uh-huh. then move back to his spot and then, you know, everyone just kind of, like, did their own thing mm. up there, but, I mean, they... They played the songs the way that they are on the album, they just extended them and yeah. made them really, really fun and... And again, it's great to watch a band that's just having a good old time up there. And they really were, I think. I don't know. Maybe they're just really good showmen. But <laughs> I've seen a lot of bands that, you know, you could tell they're over it at this point. And yeah. maybe it's later in their tour. But, you know, like they're there, they're doing their thing, and then they go I feel away. like especially, I mean, for that, uh, for Punch Brothers and what they do and stuff, Nashville just makes sense as well. So oh, yeah. it could be one of those things where it's just, you know, even if they were more low-key in other spots, I feel like they would... 
maybe have more energy here because it's like, hey, everybody's going to get involved. And if people <laughs> sing, like it might actually mm. sound good <laughs> yeah. compared to, you know, other places maybe. I well, don't that's know. always the funny thing about just Nashville in general. Like uh, the, on- the one and only time I've seen Reliant K in Nashville, actually, um, mm. or just Reliant K at all, uh, was at the Mercy Lounge, I mm-hmm. think, or the High Want. One of them, I can't remember. Sure. It was one of them. And uh, Matt Thiessen was talking and he was like, you know, Nashville's a really weird place to play sometimes because you'll either get people that are really involved or you'll go to play a place and everybody just stands and stares with their arms crossed and looks at you and analyzes mm. everything you're doing mm-hmm. because they all know how to play their instruments way better than you do. <laughs> and it's really disconcerting. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's a funny mix sometimes when I go to shows where there's like a backline of people just judging whoever's playing. Uh-huh. And then there will be like three people up front that are just having a blast the uh-huh. whole time. <laughs> Man. Yeah, and it's it's hard to let that kind of stuff go a lot. I mean, I I tend to just drop my expectations at the door and my judgment. I mean, I'll go see a band and, you know, sometimes I get that feeling like, uh, I could do that better. But very <laughs> rarely, you know, and, and I think it's the mark of a good band when they can just like kind of make me forget like, yeah, I mean, I know these songs and like whatever, but, you know, they're they're having a good time, which is making me have a good time. And that's the whole point of going to show. And if you go to a show just to be like, mm, you know, get off your high horse. Well, that's yeah, my thing. If I'm paying to go to a show, I just want to enjoy what they're playing. I mean, <laughs> exactly. <and> that's <laughs> honestly why the shows that I enjoy the most are the ones like Punch Brothers, whatever, like you were saying, where it's the show is different from the record. You're not just like, I could be listening to the CD, but I'm, you know, watching yeah. you guys instead. But mm-hmm. in, rather, it's that you're actually watching them and they're doing something that, you know, kind of strays from mm-hmm. the norm. It's just way mm-hmm. more fun because then you're kind of just having a new experience instead of having right. a live version of the same experience. Yeah, yeah that's why I always loved seeing Andrew Bird play live. Yeah, because, right. like, the first, like, three times that I saw him, like, I, I can't listen to an album and get the same experience that I had mm-hmm. listening to him play those live. And even his, like fingerlings albums that are still him playing stuff live don't mm-hmm. sound like mm-hmm. they do when you're in the room and he's like making this huge soundscape by himself but anyway um i'll go ahead and talk yeah, about it i did figure out what i was going to talk about i listened to this this week i had been told to listen to this by my friend daniel Cripey like a while ago <laughs> because between the buried and me's new album came out a little while ago called automata 2 Mm-hmm. And it has a song on it called Voice of Trespass. Voice of Trespass. I just so wish that I could play for some of it for both of you sitting in the room right now because it is a swing song. Noise. It is, but it is also a like prog metal song, <laughs> and it 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 is the most confusing time that I've had in a very long time. I don't think I like it at all. I think <laughs> I think I hate it actually. Yeah. But it's so remarkable because it, I mean it's the only thing I've ever heard that sounds like it, and and right now it is like their number one song on Spotify wow, because like I think it's just so bizarre. Yeah. It is such a bizarre song to listen to because you're listening to it and it's like this is a metal song but it's got a ton of swing tropes 
Hmm. Or is it a swing song that's got a lot of metal tropes? <laughs> like, I don't know. The, hmm. the vocals in it are just horribly out of place. But <laughs> then all of a sudden he'll start doing the, like, deep growl thing. Yeah. And and it's just like, but it's all in a in a swing rhythm, and there's horns and what? And I don't. Oh boy! How is this happening? And it is the most confusing thing. There's, I mean, honestly, that's one of the things that has got me not. I've never like really gotten into Between the Buried and Me, partly because they throw in silly stuff here and there that it just kind of takes me out of it well, a lot of times. The thing that, is, I mean, that sounds like that's like way... It is a whole other level. Yeah. I, I mean, I like Between the Buried and Me all right. I got super into Alaska in high school. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a weird statement. Just really got into <laughs> the idea of Alaska. Um, or you just like, you uh, just you got up really there and got they, in uh, there. they actually allowed you in the border. Yeah, I know. It'd be crazy. It's not like I'm a U.S. It is not at all. The Yukon, right? But I, I like Between Dogs the Buried and Me reasonably yeah. well, but but it I've never <laughs> got yep. this feeling. And and though their songs usually go a lot of different places. Like mm-hmm. I mean Selkies is our arguably like my conception of their most popular song, because that's probably what their most popular song was when I was in high school. It's probably <laughs> not still the case, but yeah. uh but I mean you know, that starts fairly like prog centric and then has like a death metal break in the middle and then mm-hmm. it goes kind of jazz fusion in the end mm-hmm. that all kind of tracks with prog yep. metal that none of that's like i can't believe they went there and did no, that yeah. in this genre this is like what the hell is happening i don't understand how you made this song <laughs> yep. who was sitting in the studio like all right here's what we're gonna do i just need to know uh-huh. <laughs> like, i'm so confused the stuff that i think always kind of got me was I, I think it's on um I forget what album it's on. Um, color something. Colors. The yeah, just colors. literally colors. Um, <laughs> it's, there's a couple songs that have kind of like hoedown bits or whatever, yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, that happens in some other metal song, but it also has like... Uh, their vocalist in the background is like, and I'm like, what in the world? Is, <laughs> what is happening? And that's just like... That's, it, it fits ish, but it's oh, yeah, it's very it's, silly at yeah. the same time. Um, it's still them. But kind of I'm like excited to hear what you're talking about in uh, in this song at yeah, some point. We, we should definitely listen to it after we get done recording, yeah, or in between the, or break, in the break or, or something. something. I, it is the most buckwild thing. Ever <laughs> so for everyone at home, uh, maybe some of you heard this. What Parker just did sounded like <laughs> the song Sleigh Ride. <laughs> Because he went, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, and it made my day. Hi, welcome to Christmas Cast. <laughs> on a side note, I just if Matt's mic sounds slightly different now, I realize that not the pad was on, but something like that. Uh, so I'll be able to bump it up. So it should be fairly seamless. Well, but you better. Uh, but yeah, now you'll probably sound that. more like the rest of us if you didn't before. <laughs> um, but hopefully you'll sound about the I'm same. I'm just a small man with a small voice. <laughs> He's just a small man with, with a small, small voice. voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go so ahead and, and wrap it up here uh, with um, what we've been listening to. Delta Sleep. listen to them nope, nope. um chad i feel like they fit into things that you typically listen to cool um 
I guess we have more things in common that we listen to maybe within the like progressive metal kinds of stuff. Yes. This is not Correct. progressive metal, but it's cool. um, uh, kind of pro- alternative something, something. Um, <laughs> but all, they have a new single. I'd say start with uh, Single File is their newest single song. File. But uh, yeah, also, I mean, their whole albums that are on Spotify are all good too. The So the music is kind of like Chon-ish, cool. uh, a little less all over the place, mm-hmm. technical or whatever, but still a, a lot of that. And but then the vocals are eh, sort of minus the bear meets oh, like yeah. um, the lighter versions like Circus Survive or something cool. to where it's it's fairly emotive but also more laid back in you know kind of like minus the bear not, is yeah of. not quite as harsh as Circa the, right exactly and their guitar know. tones are all pretty much like barely any distortion clean kind of stuff and doing fun things yeah and it's <laughs> it's technical but real pretty at the same time. Yeah. Doing a lot of things, so not a lot to say there. It's, uh, but it's good. So Delta Sleep, and the other song that I put on here to listen to besides Single File was Lake Spinkle Spankle. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a, a fun name. That is a fun name. Link, so there you Lake go. Lake Spinkle Spankle. Lake Spinkle Spankle. That's so much fun. Yep. Um, hey, you guys want to get into our topic? I do. Yeah, let's do it. Hey guys, Matt here. Little disclaimer before we start this one. So, one of the songs that I brought forward to talk about tonight uh, has to deal with the subject matter of suicide and depression. And uh, we talked about it a little bit on the show. We didn't get too deep into it, but I wanted to kind of just give a little heads up, just in case anybody out there is uncomfortable with hearing people talk about that, or, you know, maybe you got kids in the car or something like that, and this is the only time you can listen to this podcast, please feel free to skip this one. Um, again, we only talk about it for about five minutes tops and we try to handle the subject matter with a lot of sensitivity. It's really not funny and it's nothing to joke about. Um, so again, I just wanted to kind of give a little warning. Uh, also Chad says some nasty words in this one. So you have been warned. Um, but again, you know, if you want to stick around, please do. This is a really, really funny episode. It's really great. And, uh, you get to... You get to learn a lot about Parker that maybe you didn't know about before. So, yeah, if you want to stick around, please, uh, please do and enjoy. We're talking about lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. lyrics, but it's not good lyrics. Oh. It's bad lyrics. It surely is. It's it's not great lyrics. And I I, I suggested that we do this topic. Yep. Not really thinking about the fact that I listen to so little music that actually has lyrics. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. And the other side of this is uh-huh. I didn't really, we didn't really discuss the way that we were approaching this. For sure. Because, I mean, I could just literally turn on the country giant and just play it into the mic and and for an hour you could hear so many shining examples of bad lyrics <laughs> and that's the episode folks uh but specifically i was thinking about this in like songs that i still like mm-hmm. but that have kind of bad lyrics 100%. or just like they really could have just not done it at all so i i don't know was there a particular way that you guys kind of thought about that's this about or? where i went to I, originally i was gonna try to go and I, it might actually be the same uh, i was gonna try to go with good songs that are a little bit ruined by bad lyrics. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of sort of what it ended up being anyway. But it was, yeah, bands that I listen to that have songs that just have bad lyrics in them. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And I may even skip on an album because just the lyrics are so awkward. And yeah. honestly, all three of these that I brought, I probably would skip. Like if oh, I just yeah. had the artist on shuffle, 
it's it's possible <laughs> that I'd just be like, yeah, it's not really worth because it because of the lyrics themselves. But, yeah, a little bit. Like they just kind of make me feel uncomfortable because they're not that great. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, you know, what? I'll just go ahead and go into one. Yeah. I, I think I've got one more example. You guys both have two, I think, and I've got three. So I'll go ahead and start us off. Do, Do that thing. And here we go. Um, I don't know which one to start with, <laughs> but uh, I'll I'll start this one. There's a band called Oh Sleeper. Mm-hmm. And they have two vocalists, one screams and the other sings. And for a long time, for their first couple albums, uh, Micah, who does the the screaming and stuff, wrote all their lyrics, and he does a great job. And then at some point, uh, Casey, something like that, I don't know, whoever sings. Musgraves? Yeah, Casey Musgraves. <laughs> um, something like that. I mean, not Musgraves, but whoever is the singer guy. Um, something Shane Shane Blay that's his name Shane Musgraves he Shane Musgraves <laughs> he started writing lyrics as well and so part of like the the thing they're not shtick quite but they're kind of a Christian band they're a solid state band originally um, as opposed but, to Tube yeah <laughs> uh, solid uh, state's record I'll be Sorry. here all week <laughs> <laughs> so um, and Micah specifically who wrote all the lyrics is Christian and so just wrote from that standpoint but then Shay is an atheist so or agnostic or whatever so some of their lyrics have this like back and forth kind of a thing which is pretty neat except for Shane's lyrics aren't that great in my personal opinion and and it's all the singing lyrics as opposed to the screaming lyrics so it's the ones you can really hear hear and pay attention to Um, so this song is it actually doesn't have any screaming it's just Shane and the lyrics just I, I skip it because it's it's just something about it feels awkward. I'll go ahead and play. Actually, you have two clips from it. Um, and one of these is to point out that just one line or in a, like a whole this. So the first one is the first verse. And then the second clip I'll show in a minute will be the chorus. And there's just one line in the chorus that ruins the whole thing for me. And it's it's kind of awkward. So I'll go ahead and play the, the first verse and we'll check it out. Building a ship with no sail. Okay, yeah, so which, vote... which part is the irony? <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, the verse and the chorus I realized just now both it's the same thing where just one line kind of just ruins like everything else is fine, sort of poetic, not that great, but like good enough. And then, don't you see the irony? <laughs> like, there's some words that I just don't feel like fit in songs very well. I'm going to have another example that'll well, be that in a bit. Just, uh, I, I, I th- I'm pretty sure Alanis Morissette just ruined the word irony for <laughs> any potential songwriters that have That's ever That's entirely possible. And I'll go ahead and play the second one, and then we'll just talk about them both um, okay. and <laughs> stuff. So here, here's the second one. Um, 
you're doing you, all you're, right, man. You were doing all it right. with those little like, uh, and that's why I think about this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like that, that unnecessary punctuation on the point that you just made. Yeah. Like when when singers it just reminds. Go ahead. When, when singers and lyricists have you know all these metaphors and things that they're using and like allegories. In that case, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, the blind can see, and, the, and then and then all of a sudden they like take it out of that and then go super literal. Yep. <laughs> It's make that weird left turn. It's, I mean, ninety nine percent of the time, super literal lyrics don't work. Yeah, like, yeah. don't you see the irony? It's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, you didn't like. It's never something that you need to say in a song yep. because we get it. Like, if it's we ironic, it. we should be able to tell. Exactly. Figure that out. And like, yeah. there's there's just some things uh, in the when we talk about good lyrics, we I brought up that Tyson Motzenbacher song, um, the in your name. And it has a lot of lyrics in that one that are like act- like storytelling-y kinds of things. Yeah. And we'll even have like sarcastic lyrics, which that's a hard thing to do mm-hmm. is have sarcasm come across as like sarcastic. Um, maybe sarcasm is a strong and word. Good. But but yeah, 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 but he manages to do it in a way that it it works and you can tell, oh, he's not being, he's being a bit facetious with this or whatever. Um, but most of the time that does not work. But when it does, like he didn't have to say, obviously I'm being sarcastic in the <laughs> right, lyrics. Right. It's just, yeah. it should be evident if it is. And so in both of these examples, I just feel like if he just didn't say, don't you see the irony, then it would have been eh, decent lyrics that just aren't yeah, great. But yeah, like, it's just fine. They're kind of cheesy, but whatever. Yeah. But then you punctuate yeah. it with that. Like, I don't think you're smart enough to get this. So <laughs> here it is. Like, yeah, ah, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of just heavy handed. And so yeah. that's, uh, man, a lot of the songs that are like very like singing heavy of, of O sleepers, their later ones. I, I kind of feel that way because it's his writing just does that. Yeah. A little bit, and it's sort of painful. But um, yeah, I I mean, just overall, I feel like metaphorical lyrics or whatever, or like painting a picture that implies the message is really important for yeah. I don't know. I mean, because everything's been said, and every it, it's so easy for anything to become a trope in a cliche, you know, to where it's like. Yeah, we've heard that so many times. I mean, movies do that too. They have to beat you over the head with this message. Yeah. And like, you know, sometimes you'll watch a movie and three quarters of it is really good because it's like, you know, it's it's this metaphor that you're supposed to get and, mm-hmm. you know, the director's trusting his audience, but then the last 25% of the movie, they're like, in case you didn't get that, yeah. this is what we were talking about. Circle Here up it is. and talk about this uh-huh. real quick. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah. And I, I mean, I got it before, but thank you for reassuring. <laughs> I mean, books do the same thing. And you lot. also, you don't even have to leave things with a closed loop no, anyway. You, you know, like there's, don't have to. I mean, there's plenty of movies that the ones that get talked about the most, I feel like, are the ones that it's like, wait, what really was happening the whole time? Then, They're you know, ambiguous, yeah. Yeah, and then that's something that helps show that it's a form of art, not just yeah. like right. you, you know, passing down a story that you heard from some other dude or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... I don't know. That's something interesting that I'm. I'm gonna have a little Tolkien corner for Do a it. second Yay. and just talk about the fact that like Tolkien didn't specifically write allegory. He actually really hated allegory, mm-hmm. and so he he wrote, you know, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, and he just kind of wrote them for what they were. And people would write to him and ask him a lot of questions about it, and he wouldn't just like tell mm-hmm. them what the meaning was because in his mind it was very like he wrote these books and like there's no specific implied message other than like some stuff about you know like agricultural england was slightly better than industrialized england 
all of that subtext. Really but other than that, like he wouldn't tell people just like this is what this meaning was or this was this like an allegory. This, this yeah. was this. He didn't do that, and he didn't believe that that was something that like the writer should do. Mm-hmm. And instead, when people would ask him questions about the book, he would just like show them excerpts from the book or like say things about it and be like, you know, if we look at this and we look at this, then we can probably deduce that like, this is probably how this character would feel yeah. almost like taking his work and viewing it as if he were a scholar of the work that right. he made uh-huh. and like drawing conclusions just from what he had produced, which yeah, I just think is really you can do. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot of like English professors at universities mm-hmm. who are, you know, renowned authors and they do the exact same yeah. thing. When people ask them, you know, they're looking for a literal meaning. They, they want to know, okay, well, what did this character mean when he said that or did this? And instead of, you know, oh, well, this is exactly what <laughs> yeah, I wanted, yeah, yeah. you know, because they don't do that because they could have wrote that. If they yeah, wanted yeah, to get across exactly. exactly what the meaning was, then they would have written it. But that's not good writing. Right. Exactly. Right. It's yeah. not. <laughs> so when you leave your audience asking questions, but still tell a full story, mm-hmm. this is getting a little off topic. But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's getting a music. little bit philosophical. I mean, but I think there's a there's a level of just like respecting your audience where yeah. you yeah. where you like give them the benefit of the doubt that they can interpret a message that you're giving them and mm-hmm. not think like you all are too stupid to understand what I'm <laughs> saying right now. So I'm just going to tell you what and you're it just, supposed yeah. to think. You know, kind of. I guess, kind of bringing it back to music. Yeah, when when a songwriter does that and they pander to the audience, like, no, I'm going to tell you exactly what I mean. It's it makes me dislike the song immediately. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it just like like that. I mean, that otherwise would probably be a good song, but then they have to go on and say, well, no, this isn't. This is what I mean. I want yeah. you to know that. Uh, and not to mention the fact that they're also talking about religion, which is a <laughs> yeah. super touchy well, subject. Yeah, it's right. super hard to make a good religious <laughs> song that doesn't like hit the audience over the head, like you know, beat this dead horse. It's like, oh, that was about Jesus. Oh, <laughs> blind to see. Oh, it's Jesus. Oh, and okay. The, I think the thing is, like, if again, if it's something where that makes no sense to me, it. You should just write it in a way that it should be pointing out, perhaps, that it would make no sense. Mm -hmm. You know, if that's what you're trying to get across, if you're having to say, it just doesn't make any sense to me, it's like, (laughs) well... Either you got it at that point or you didn't. Yeah. Like that's yeah. that's about it, you know. And there's a reason that you know you should you should you should have to go back and listen to a song twice if you don't get it the first time immediately. And some for some people it clicks, for some people it takes ten times to click, a hundred times, and some people it never does. And maybe that makes it a bad song too mm-hmm. if you listen to the lyrics and you never get them, and then you decide, okay, I don't like the song because I have no idea what they're talking about. I've never felt that way about a song. I've never listened to a song and not gotten it and then made up my mind and been like, I don't like this song because I don't understand right. it. Same with the movie. Like, it's worse if it's too overt than if, if it's too vague. Well, it's like, yeah. maybe it just doesn't even mean anything. Who right. cares? <laughs> Hello, Andrew Bird. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll listen to Andrew Bird's music and, and part of me is like, mm, I think I'm just too dumb to get this. And then the other part is, no, it just doesn't mean anything. No, it, <laughs> and that's kind of the thing. Like, That's what makes this so subjective is yeah. that like, because I, when we talked about good lyrics, I brought up Andrew Bird. Yeah, there are some, there are plenty of people in the world who would look at what he's doing and be like, "No, that's just bad lyrical writing. Like he's not talking about anything. He's not saying anything." Uh-huh. But I, but to me, in coming from a like standpoint of like, I don't really care about lyrics yeah. that much. It's amazing to me that he can just write these songs that have the light right like structure of words to fit mm-hmm. the melody that he wants to make yeah. and he just kind of talks about whatever that's awesome 
I'm good with that. I am never sad that a song has less meaning than I think it should. Yeah. Because yeah, then I don't right. have to think about it that hard. I can just enjoy the, the the instrumentation side and like everything else musically that's happening and not have to worry about like, well, what does this what does the message say to me? Like mm-hmm. what what am I what am I taking in here? Uh-huh. Because I just don't know if my feeble heart can you know I, I don't <laughs> you know. You do have that, a feeble heart, Chad. I do. I'm just so fickle. Well, I just don't understand why we always have to learn something from a song like why why do songwriters always feel the need to teach us something or tell us something that you know we've heard a billion times that's what like top 40 music does like all these things about oh we have tonight like we have to do everything (laughs) tonight because we're young and tonight is tonight is tonight and you're young and i'm young and and tonight is important so let's go clubbing yeah uh, lcd sound system has a brilliant song on their new record called tonight and it's t-o-n-i-t-e and it's all it's like making fun of like how every single song nowadays is Every, yeah. All people talk about is tonight and how I'm like tonight's so important. And to close what the a loop bunch of, crap of that is of these songs that or of that song. What if at the end of that song they were like, and that's what all the pop artists are doing, <laughs> <laughs> and just like threw it in yeah, your face. You like, first like, to admit, come on. I sat down and tried to write that song before, like that that little tongue in cheek, like oh, this is what every song sounds like. So yep. I'm gonna write a song that sounds exactly like that. But then I'm going to twist it and be like, ha, 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 I got you. And then my audience is going to be like, oh, well, he's a sophisticated songwriter. Yeah. So I know he's not. I w- man, and that's, that's something. kind of a Bo Burnham thing. I've, I've got right. a, like I said a couple weeks, or last week, I guess, I've got like 400 plus recorded songs. And so many of them are so bad. And there's a number of them that are, that's going to happen later. You're looking at okay, my face. Yeah. That's going to happen after the break. <laughs> um, but that, but in the blah, 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 a lot of them have like self-referential lyrics where yeah. it's like, mm. like, and this song is about something, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, st- right. stop it. Like, <laughs> you can't. I think yeah. that's, I mean, the big picture for, for this one, I think, is like you guys said earlier, is to trust the audience to know what, they're, know what you're talking about. Mm. And if they don't, Either they'll figure it out later, or they they'll never figure it out. And those are still better yeah, are than fine. demeaning them to the point that you know mm-hmm. you're just adding on a line to try to explain yourself or whatever. Yeah. It's like trying to explain a joke; like it just oh, well, yes. ruins it. Yeah, yeah. If if you have to explain the joke, it's either a not a good enough joke, uh-huh. or b your <laughs> you audience told us is the wrong. wrong. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Side note: Have you guys uh, heard about those uh, corduroy pillows? Oh no. So, what's your thing, Matt? <laughs> They're really making headlines. Uh, hey! <laughs> uh, I, go on, Matt. I don't get it. <laughs> See, it's funny because uh, corduroy pillows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, the first thing I, uh, I, I... Yeah, I didn't really know how to approach this either. Um, it's only recently occurred to me since pretty much we've been doing this podcast that I don't pay enough attention to lyrics. I never have. Uh, I can tell you every single word in a song and I can sing it and, and hum it to you, but I could not you know, dissect the lyrics and be like, Oh yeah, this song is about blah, blah, blah. Uh, in fact, I've never even really stopped to analyze a lot of my favorite songs. You know, like, I mean, when I was 14 years old, Stairway to Heaven was my favorite song, but I never stopped to be like, well, you know, what is this song really talking about? Because I'm under the is impression... Is it a spiral that, staircase? Is it, spiral? <laughs> is it like, like, do people have to take breaks? Like, what, 
This is an escalator situation. <laughs> Were you out? I mean, after a while, walking up all the stairs, I walk up six flights of stairs Man, their quads would be insane. Right? <laughs> wow. Uh, but I never stopped to yeah. analyze it. And, and so it just never, like, that didn't interest me. The the composition as a whole interested me. Yeah. The vocal melodies, the way that the literal words fit into a song, even if they don't have any meaning at all, the the language being used, just like in a Shakespeare play. I mean, some of those words are unnecessarily gratuitous. I'll say. I mean, Shakespeare didn't <laughs> need to write. Even for you know the 1400s when he was writing, he didn't need to write the way that he did. He did it because the language was it, it worked as a unit of language. Mm-hmm. It worked because the words literally sounded to the ear pleasant mm-hmm. and i like music that does that if the words can sound pleasant when they're streamed together in a sentence or a cohesive thought it's good enough for me yep i don't care what they're talking about <laughs> and most of the time i don't know because i just so don't many, really think about it that i just don't think about it and <laughs> i think there's so many lyrics that get drowned out by the the effects used in them or you know the music going on in the background that it's just yeah, something hello bony bear Mm -hmm. good luck trying to figure out what he's talking about (laughs) I mean you could say the same thing about hardcore or Mm -hmm. like just uh, words that are drowned out in reverb it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know what they're saying. And anybody who's like sitting there being like, oh, well, obviously this is what they're talking about. <laughs> Whatever. Like, I don't shut care. up. You read the leaflet too. <laughs> yeah, you don't re- ask you read the behind my book. <laughs> um, but I think there's several kinds of bad lyrics. And I think there's yeah. the lyrics like we were talking about where it's like you got to beat your head over beat your audience's head over you know whatever I need, uh, uh, yep you're good yes <laughs> uh, to, to to get your point across and that's too much and when you're like i don't know some of the songs that i was thinking of when i thought that were like hey there delilah you know mm-hmm. my wife and i were talking about this it's like that song was so popular for so long but it's just it's so pandering yeah. to like that little sixteen-year-old girl who's like, "Oh, that that's song. that's my future boyfriend," or <laughs> like that, uh, or even like the the guys were like, "Oh yeah, this song's so deep." This, uh, da, 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 da. So this is deep. a love letter. No, it's not. <laughs> no, really. Do you guys know the story behind that song? No. Um, it's something like I could be wrong. This could be a different song that I'm thinking of. But the guy from Plain White Tees, right? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, he was playing a show and he met some girl named Delilah just at this random show. And then, you know, they left that night and he wrote that song and she, but I don't know if, I don't even know if they, you know, like made out or anything or whatever, but Mm. like he just met her, her name was Delilah and he was thinking about her more and wrote that song. Turns out she like had a boyfriend and the boyfriend was like super mad. I could be totally (laughs) off on this and remember it completely wrong, but I want to say this is the case and that like he like wrote to him to plain white tees or whatever and was like hey shut up like that's my girlfriend <laughs> hey shut up tell all those radio stations again to quit i could have gotten that completely wrong but i i hope not because that's just so funny it's pretty funny yeah so <laughs> but yes go on with so your yeah thing. and then there's you know there's those kinds of bad lyrics that are just they're too literal and they're just they're too obvious and it's just not clever writing. I mean, maybe not clip and clever is not the right word, but it's just not good writing. Mm-hmm. Um, just like we were talking about movie directors do the same thing and authors do the same thing. But then there's a different kind of bad lyric where it might be a well-written sentence or phrase, but it just misses the mark that it was trying to hit. Hmm. Uh, maybe it's soaked in, you know, metaphors and maybe it's not super literal and maybe it's, Maybe it's cliche, maybe it's not, and and that's what I wanted to talk about a little bit with my first choice, and the the song that I went with, um, I guess kind of 
to give a little disclaimer. This song is about suicide, and it's about the idea of whether or not to commit suicide. Mm. And it's by Arcade Fire on their latest right. record. Uh, it's called Creature Comfort. And this song has been praised pretty heavily for the lyrics and its, its sort of anti-suicide message. Now, obviously, you know, I'm completely against suicide, and, and I think it's a really touchy subject uh, to where if you're going to write a pop song about it, you better have the right thing to say. Mm. And this song, like I said, has been critically acclaimed for doing that. Uh, but I think that the way Arcade Fire went about writing this song with a super heavy subject uh, rubbed me the wrong way. Mm. And I and I think I'm in the minority here. But uh, we'll go ahead and play the song, and then I'll, I'll tell you what the lyrics are, and then we'll talk about it some more. Yeah. She comes about dying all the time She told me she came so close Filled up the bathtub and put on our first record God, make me famous you can't just make it famous So I, I think that for somebody who's listening to that that might have depressing thoughts or suicidal thoughts Maybe that song helps, and but I would I would go on the opposite and say that mm. that song tremendously hinders because yeah. it's not glorifying suicide, and they are trying to be. But it's not until the bridge of the song when they you know they have the first verse and then the chorus and the second verse, and all it's talking about is how some people, especially young people, are so unhappy with their lives and how they hate everything about themselves. And then you get to the bridge, and there's a little mentioning about how you know, like in that in that part, it says you know, uh, God make me famous if. You can't just make it painless. And it's only until, it's not until mm. the bridge when when they say, you know, it's not painless, uh, you know, like, uh, don't do it. And then it just goes on and keeps going into the, like, if you, if you can't make me famous, then just make it painless. And it's like, you know, and that particular lyric I picked is because it's, it's the suicide lyric where it's talking about, you know, like, uh, he says, um, assisted suicide she dreams about dying all the time she told me she came so close filled up the bathtub and put on our first record and that to me is just it's so glorifying it's, it it's, yeah. it seems to be glorifying it not only are they they're acting like the cause and the cure they're saying like you know be, she she was so depressed that she put on our first record like the band's first album because that was going to assist her in killing herself and then mm. now we're singing the song saying don't do it yeah. So it's it's almost like I I kind of in all honesty I still love this band and I think that they have some really good records. I think they have two good records and then I think they have three bad ones. But, <laughs> um uh I lost a lot of respect for them yeah. uh when when I heard the song and really kind of analyzed those lyrics and took it apart. And I can see how people would say this is not glorifying suicide and this is trying to help people. I don't see it that way. I think that somebody who's severely depressed and listening to the song is not going to get that idea. Yeah. It's yeah. hard too and it's so mm-hmm. upbeat and that's what I was yeah. gonna say. Song, like. I have a lot of thoughts, but one of them is that is that like there's a proverb that there that talks about pretty much like if somebody's in a crappy mood don't like try to cheer them up because mm-hmm. that's they're just gonna feel worse about themselves pretty much i mean pretty much proverbs doesn't like say it in that terminology because yeah. it doesn't just use crap yeah. <laughs> yeah. no but i mean that's you know the that Bible sort of thing say crap a lot <laughs> not too much um no but that's i mean message even for myself Bible. somebody who doesn't suffer from depression mm-hmm. at all and i am you know have lots of people close to me in my life that do and but even i as somebody yeah who doesn't 
if I'm in a bad mood about things and like having a hard time, I don't want to listen to this song to yeah. like be in a better mood. And so it's, and then I feel like it, it may even be triggering or something just for somebody mm. like, I'm just trying to think of happy things and not even think about that. Like if for somebody who is struggling with suicidal thoughts anyway, then hearing that and it just being brought back to mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It glorifies it to some degree. I feel like, I mean, again, I, you know, I don't know the whole song, but it sounds like it. I mean, kind of like there was a lot of controversy around the 13 reasons why show that kind of a thing where it's like, it's, it's making that person that's being sung about seem cool for, Mm. for doing something and even if it's barely said, like, yeah, but don't do it, it's, it's, you yeah. know, I don't know. And that's not to say, like, this isn't, like I said, it's not a poorly written song. It's not right. like no thought was put into it. Uh, the lyrics I, are well composed. Yes. But yeah. they're kind of going in a wrong direction or yeah, something. Yeah, I think, I think the overall intention was to point out the fact that teenage thinking is flawed. Yeah. The, the kids think that they need to be famous, they need to be somebody, otherwise there's no point in living. But, but I don't you think you can the, say that in a different way. Right. You can say that without even connecting it to suicide necessarily. Mm-hmm. You can just say that for what it is. And yep. not have to bring up the fact that somebody thought they were being really cool by you know, right. drowning themselves in a bathtub listening to our record or something. Right. Yeah. And you know, this isn't the first song that's guilty of doing that. A lot of songs for have sure. taken have kind of exploited something that's not you know, uh, not an easy thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll go on the offensive and say, well, we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is what's going to make it better. I mean, country songs have done that in the past. I mean, who was it? Like Alan Jackson wrote the song about nine 11. Like, yeah. 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 What? Like, You're yeah, not no American kidding. unless you hate terrorists. Yeah. And, like, oh, you, and yeah. like, you need to be patriotic. <sighs> Writing Sam's about like my, so I talked to my mom a while ago about, um, so she used to write poems in high school, and the funny poems that she wrote, she still feels good about. And she's like, these are a bit silly, but they're good and fun. Yeah. But she would also try to write, like, poems against war and stuff mm. like that. And it was the 70s, so, like, that also <laughs> was in context at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But she was like, I even, like, practically the next day couldn't go back and read those. I, I'm very much paraphrasing what I feel like I remember her saying about it. But that kind of thing where it's like, it's really hard to write about heavy things mm-hmm. because it's so easy to, I mean, go in one of many directions. And this one is, mm-hmm. you know, one of, uh, not a great direction either. But otherwise being just like, everything's bad. Like just way too on the nose about like, and exactly. war is the worst. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, I think that's why so many of those like protest songs from the 60s yeah. and 70s are have kind of faded into oblivion 100%. because so many of them were like get our boys out of there and <laughs> none of it's stuck like it doesn't right. have anything long term it has no lasting. actual contextual right. benefit right. beyond the specific thing it was written yeah. about and yeah. once that's pretty much over and kind of forgotten yeah. so will that song be mm-hmm. yeah I mean, that's why we haven't heard that Alan Jackson song in a long time. Yeah. So at least not having that Alan Jackson Because, you know, out. songs can only be relevant to the, the thing that's popular in the media that, for so yeah. long. Yep. And again, that's not to say that, like, yeah, suicide has been a topic that's been discussed more often lately than maybe in recent years. And that's great. I mean, it, sh- yep. it is a topic that should be discussed, but I think it needs to be handled very delicately yeah. and to write a, a mainstream indie pop song about well, it yeah, is, and that, that's kind of the other thing the right is like thing. i don't think writing songs about like discouraging people from suicide is bad i don't no. even think writing songs about suicide is bad but to make it such a like happy song mm-hmm. and to not have it be like so overtly 
that this is not the answer. Mm. I mean, especially, just... I feel like it's, if you're not paying, I'm not somebody who pays attention to lyrics on the first go round anyway. If I just heard this upbeat would song and it just it was... heard like, do da, 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 suicide. I'm like, mm-hmm. what in the crap? Yeah. Where did <laughs> like, suicide come from? This yeah. is a really happy song. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and not, not to get too far into it, but. What about all those early like 2000s emo songs that were all about, you know, cut my cut life into pieces, this is my, my last eyes Because cut. my heart is in Ohio. Like, I mean. Yeah. If the lyric, oh man, that would be a prime song to bring. If the lyrics of that song were better, that's a great song. Just musically, <laughs> sure. like, I love that song. And it has just a lot of cool bits in it and like, it's groovy and stuff. But the lyrics are pitiful. So bad. No, oh yeah. man, no, yeah. I mean, that's something that like, that whole But they were doing exactly what they meant really to do. Bad. So I guess that they were good well, for what they were trying to do. They were hitting a demographic there. Yeah, no, no kidding. Yeah. No, but you're totally right. So, yeah. and it's I don't know. It's just it's a it's a touchy subject. There's so much. There's a lot of touchy subjects. I think the the songs that tend the heavy songs that tend to last are the ones that are about something deeply personal to the songwriter, mm-hmm. and those also tend to be the best ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, it's of course now I can't think of any particular examples but you know to, to write about just some general sad bad or scary thing and it, when, when it doesn't really have anything to do with you yeah it just has to do with you like your audience or the people who listen to you mm-hmm. it, it doesn't it's not real it doesn't it doesn't feel authentic yeah there's for for contrast kind of on the last some of the last things for this uh point there's um a guy that goes to our church that was a country a uh popular country music artist for mm. a while and named Blaine Larson. And yeah, it's, he had one single back in uh, like probably 2006 or 2007 or so. Um, but it was specifically about suicide, mm. but it was written very well. I don't, I don't actually remember it and how it goes off the top of my head, but I, I just remember hearing it. It's like, it's saying it in a way that pretty, I don't even remember what exactly. It's just it's talking about suicide, but saying it in a like in a good and beneficial way, and the mm-hmm. tone matches what it's saying, yeah. and it would be helpful to somebody, I think, in that yeah, situation. Right. Um, so it's possible, but yeah, it just doesn't, you know. And I think it's told in a somewhat more storytelling way of like this person or something like that. But yeah. before we keep going in that rabbit hole, Chad, what's uh yeah what you got? my my thing is just totally different. It's not going to be like good. any of those things. Yeah, um, so Let's climb out of this hole. I enjoy some J-pop and K-pop kind of stuff. Ooh. It's it is it is a very light enjoyment, and it's not <laughs> anything that I'm like super deep in this rabbit hole about. Um, I have been mostly introduced to a lot of this by friends like Seamus and Elijah Longwell, mm-hmm. um, because uh, they sense. they enjoy a lot more J-pop and K-pop than I do. Um, and there, there's a facet to it that can be really fun. Like it is that kind of sickeningly sweet music that's usually very bubbly and happy mm-hmm. sounding. But there's another funny thing that happens with it a lot of times. And most of the time the singers will be some sort of small Asian woman. And she's singing in a very high and bright and happy poppy tone. Mm-hmm. And, and then every now and then they'll sing in English for a little bit. And it's always just kind of like... What you talking about? <laughs> I don't really know what you're saying here. This doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, or the songs, it'll just be kind of like funny little things. Or when 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 Asian women rap in English, it is the funniest thing in the world to me uh, because it is so just matter of factly. Like, and then this thing happens, and we do it like this. Uh, 
I think it's <laughs> Cara Benito or something like that. Like, yeah. she raps everything that they do, and it's it's just kind of funny to listen to sometimes. Um, but, anyways, this is this is an Anamanaguchi song that they had uh, a girl sing on it that I can't remember her name right now, and that's fine. But it's it's a song called Pop It, and mm-hmm. it's really fun. It's Pop very it. catchy. It it's got Pop a really goofy video that is just yeah. so Asian, um, but it's mm-hmm. it's really fun. But also so the lyrics just mean nothing. The first bit of that is just, I don't know IDK. Uh-huh. I don't know IDK. And then she says, like, I don't know what you want me to be. I don't know. And some mm-hmm. other stuff that is just kind of like, I, what? Uh, <laughs> what are you saying? Out loud, LOL. <laughs> yeah, it's like text speech just really doesn't have any place in lyrical writing to begin with. And also, like, I don't really, but it's a really fun song. Yeah. I specifically really tried to find examples. Like, I really like that song, and I could honestly care less what I liked she's it talking too. about. I thought it was yeah. very It's enjoyable. really fun. It's a great tune. But man, some of these bands, they start saying stuff, and it's just like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> But that's really all I have to say yeah. about that. No, I mean that's that's for sure. Tech speech, like you said, probably doesn't. Although it will, uh, it'll go pretty well. We'll do this last one and then we'll take a break. But um, there's there's some words that I feel like enter the vernacular, uh, just of English and whatever, and don't belong in songs. And then at some point down the line, you can talk about those subjects and it feel in place. Um, for example, cell phones. That's something okay. yeah. that like. I've heard some songs, even actually, I'm pretty sure on um, Punch Brothers' newest album, he mentions Instagram at some point, and does it seamlessly, and it's great. And then also on their whole Phosphorescent Blues, that album, most of it, or a lot of that album, is about cell phones, Mm -hmm. and like, cell phone usage and stuff, but like, it's... Phosphorescent. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And Phosphorescent Blue, yeah, but also Blues. So it's, it's, but it's done very meticulously, and... Mm -hmm. You wouldn't realize it's necessarily about cell phones until you pay attention. Uh, and so it's great. But there's also ways that you can do it that are just like, eh, that's just too much. Um, and so this song is, I really like the band The Classic Crime, um, but there's this song, it was uh, the first single, I think, maybe the second single, but it was one of the first two singles for their album Phoenix. Uh, and so when I first heard it, whether it was the first or second one, I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm really going to like this album. Hmm. And to be honest, I haven't listened to the album all that much (laughs) since then. But, um, but yeah, so it's, it's, he mentions his phone or whatever at one point and that just took me out of it in the first place. But then the rest of it is also not that great, the Hmm. chorus, but, uh, we'll just listen to it and we'll talk about it. It's 
What? <laughs> it's a bit dramatic too at the end. Like no. <laughs> so and you wonder why my eyes don't leave my phone. It's no wonder you feel alone. Like that's it's a little on the nose for one thing, but like bringing up the phone thing just is. I don't know. Something about that just does, it feels forced somehow. Mm, I don't, yes. or it did at the time at least. Um, yeah. Again, maybe it's more into well, the vernacular it's, now. It's the very fact that he said my phone. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if he could, if he could have made it a little bit more poetic than that, yeah. I think it may have felt less just like what. Yeah. Mm. And again, I really there's a lot of classic crime songs that I really like the lyrics, and he can be a really good uh, songwriter um, and lyricist and stuff. But that. On the phone thing was a bit on the nose, and then the whole uh, I think I need a new story when I, where I take on the world. The one I'm living is boring, it's killing you and me both. Killing you and me both, like whoa, whoa, that oh, took man. a dramatic turn all of a sudden. <laughs> breaks there, classic crime. <laughs> so that was, uh, yeah, first year in that too. I was just like, what in the world is happening? But, um, <laughs> yeah, great bands, you know, good album otherwise, I guess, but. That's stuff is just a little too on the nose, and it fits into mm. some of the other topics that we've already talked about. So not a whole sure. lot more to to go on there, but um, yeah, I just felt like using that as an example because I saw them and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I remember mm. that was a band that has a song like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you want to take a break? Let's do it. Let's I need to check thing. my phone. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm gonna feel Christ. really alone. Mm, welcome it's home. Killing you and me both. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. Uh, <laughs> we're going to, I've got a little game kind of thing. Game kind uh, of This thing. one is less organized, perhaps, than some of the ones that you've done hey, in the past, Matt. I just yeah, want to throw this by you. still got us muted. Yeah, that's okay. Okay, I just we're, didn't know if it was going to make a difference for the actual recording or if it was just post-fader muting. It's a little, little behind this the scenes. That's a great question. It's post-fader muting, so we don't hear ourselves, but we yeah. can still hear the okay. music. You know, for some reason, I, it was just because your waveform is so much bigger really than both is. of ours, <laughs> and I'm feeling a little insecure about it. No, it's even Matt's is bigger than mine. Okay, Ooh, I got it. I got man, it. I got a, a little right, spike in right, it. Right, I'm just soft-spoken. That's yeah, all. Yeah, I don't know. Clip. I think I'm also just closer to my mic you are most a of the time, so that's a thing. I almost said you're closer to my mic, but that's just patently not true. Hey, Chad, how's it going? I pretend I wasn't actually over at Chaz Mike just then. All right, so uh, yeah, Matt's had games that are same kind of concept. This is a lyrics, uh, lyrics guessing game, but this is just a little bit less organized. I haven't picked which parts I'm going to have you guess yet. Okay, but it's just one song. Oh, oh, and and uh, specifically, this was one that I was telling my mom about what we were talking going to talk about today, and she was like. Oh man, uh, don't forget dad's least favorite or like favorite worst lyric song, oh. which I had forgotten about until she mentioned it. And I looked up lyrics and I was like, oh yeah, these are so, <laughs> so bad. Um, and then after, after we play this, I'll, I'll actually play the chorus for okay. you so you can Fantastic. hear it too. So, uh, we don't, do we need to know the name of the song? Or? It's called MacArthur Park. Okay. And do you, neither of you guys know the song, correct? Who's it by? Uh, it's from 1968. Nope. Richard Harris, I believe. Wow. Uh, no, Richard, Harris. Richard Harris. The That's original, the the original Dumbledore? Dick Harris. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> that would be... Richard Harris was the man who played the original Dumbledore really? in the That's first two really Harry Potter movies. I hope it's the same I'm, person. Uh, I, that would be great. I hope not, for Dumbledore's sake, because <laughs> these are so bad. All right, here it goes. Uh, I'm just going to read some lyrics, and then I'm just going to stop at some point and let you guess what comes next. 
Spring was never waiting for us, girl. It ran one step ahead. As we followed in the... Footsteps? Mm. I don't know. Followed in the bed. As we followed in the dance. Followed in the dance. Between the parted pages and were pressed in love's hot... A caress. Whoa. Uh, pay, so, I Wait, don't what, know. Between the part of, this is, it's mostly when we get to the chorus, that's going to okay, be the, okay. the real kicker. So this uh, is just okay. kind of a prequel I'll, to the sequel. Okay. So, oh, wait, do, do the <laughs> between the parted pages and were pressed in love's hot toaster. Fevered iron. Fevered iron. Like a stripped <laughs> pair of knickers. Pants. Oh. You got it. Was it pants? It was pants. <laughs> All right. Here comes the chorus. You ready? I liked knickers. Actually, here I'm gonna do. I'm gonna skip the chorus. Go, hey, knickers was much better. Are you assuming that it's British now because of the whole Richard Harris thing? Yeah. I'm gonna skip the chorus and we'll come back to it so we can do another verse first. Because okay. um, the chorus is just <laughs> something else. I recall okay. the yellow cotton blank knickers belly <laughs> dress we really got to be careful about that word now that i think about it uh, oh yeah k-n-i-c-k-e-r-s yep. uh-huh. foaming like a dog beer wave oh. on the uh. ground around your have I, I like grave. Knees. Like... What? Knees. Nothing rhymes. It's okay. <laughs> oh. Nothing rhymes. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> oh, no, it's not it fair. It's just bad. any word in the world. <laughs> the birds like tender blanks in your hands. Bullets. Eggs. Socks. Uh, babies. Babies. <laughs> like tender babies. The birds Look at all like these tender babies, babies I have in my hands. Easy with them. They're tender. <laughs> They're tender. And the old men playing checkers by the... See park park yeah by the park trees trees okay all right so all that was just a fun little time here comes here comes where we're really at i'll i'll warn you not a lot of it rhymes so it still (laughs) won't be easy macarthur's park is melting in the sun i don't know chocolate in the dark. In the, Why? That oh, one did rhyme. Wait a minute. Oh. Wait a minute. MacArthur's you Park. You said is, nothing rhymes. <laughs> not a lot rhymes. I apologize. Um, MacArthur's Park is melting in the dark. All the sweet green blank flowing down. Uh, uh, no way you're going to get it. green nectar. The uh, sweet green nectar. The sweet <laughs> green slime. Icing flowing down. Icing? Yep. Someone left the blank out in the rain. Sugar? Oh, 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 I don't think you're far off. Someone left the flower. Someone left the... uh, Sweets? Someone left the cake out in the rain. Oh, man. I I don't think I can... Blank, blank. Uh, rhyme things. I don't uh, think I can make cake. Oh, uh, you were kind of close on some of that. Oh. I, I mean, not really, but I don't <laughs> think I can take it. Okay. Because it took so long to blank, blank. Make it. Make it. Bake Almost, it. Bake it. Bake it. <laughs> and I'll never have that blank again. I'll never have that recipe again. That... 100%. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What does it mean? <laughs> All right, here goes. I'm just going to play it for you. And it's 1968, and as my mom says, it's super schmaltzy. We're schmaltzy. It's not I a, song, like a word you hear about songs these days, but here's just the awful thing that is this song. The is melting in the dark. 
all the sweet green icing flowing down. Someone left the cake out in the rain. I don't think that I can take it, 'cause it took so long to bake it, and I'll never have that recipe again. Oh no! <laughs> what possessed him to write this? What happened to the recipe? I, uh, Why I, did he even start talking about cakes? Wait, was this song about baking cakes? I don't understand. <laughs> it's dark inside. I, <laughs> I just, I don't know. It just all of a sudden went there. MacArthur's Park is melting in the dark. Like, first of all, MacArthur's Park is a park. Like, yeah, why are we talking about cake? <laughs> oh, man. And, like, I don't know what that has to do with, I recall the yellow cotton dress foaming like a wave on the ground around your knees, the birds like tender babies in your hands. MacArthur's Park is melting in the dark. Like, I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can sum this whole thing up in one word. It's about sex, but why? Oh, no, I was going to say drugs. Yeah. Oh, well, so many drugs, drugs and sex. Drugs. But other than that, like what? Oh, and I, I mean, I'll never find that recipe again. I'll never have that recipe again. So again. just so you that know, that specific recipe of sex and drugs will never be had by this guy again. So oh, it sounds like it might. Yes, I don't know. Man, That's I love the fact that all of this is happening in the dark. <laughs> Things are melting. It must be really hot outside. Yeah. Uh, and the old men are playing chess. Why did he bring a cake to the park, though? Also, it's a seven and a half minute song. Whoa. And it's, I'm pretty sure it's just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Honestly, oh, okay. it kind of sounded like early Bowie stuff. A I agree, bit. 100%. I, I hadn't made that connection until just now as we were listening to yeah. it. And I thought the same thing. Um, so, yeah, that's my dad's fam- favorite, least favorite lyrics. That's a very good choice. His favorite bad lyrics. That is uh-huh. solid, yeah. It's, it's pretty I good. I like that a lot. But is it as good as what it's, we have on deck okay, next? Okay, so I'm curious if I should give context first or the song first. I'll mm. play the song first, and then we'll we'll talk about it. Here it goes. Can I know what it is? Nope. Oh, no. So turn it up. It only needs to be a little bit louder. So tell me how do you get this place so crowded? I like it. Let's go. All night long. So, Chad, before we talk about anything else, I'm curious, what are your initial thoughts after hearing that? Man, that's that sounds like every bro country song I've ever heard in my life. Like yeah. you could you could throw out any number of like Florida Georgia Line Blake Shelton. Like I know that's not Blake Shelton. I'm pretty sure that's not Blake Shelton. What? No, I, you made a noise it's, like okay, it's just, not Blake just so everyone at home knows, you didn't miss anything. We didn't like edit anything out. You're not supposed to have any idea what's going on right now. You yeah, just no, heard I a clip no of a country song, yeah. uh-huh. and now we're just asking. I'm asking Chad his thoughts on it. It, it again. It just sounds like every bro country song ever. It's the like we're having a night. Turn that song up. Just turn it up. Just turn it up. Turn it up. I want you to you turn, turn up the song. Up, turn, turn up, up the song. night. Turn uh-huh. up the heat. Turn, turn up, up the, something. I'll tell you what to turn up. Well, so I'm. Oh, well, Parker, please. So when I wrote this song. <laughs> <laughs> Was this 
for a songwriting class? No, not exactly. Um, I need you to redeem this in yeah. some way. <laughs> so uh, the, the grand context was that, uh, so prior to my current job, I was working at a business management firm. All of our clients were country artists, pretty much. Yep. And so I was in the country world there, and specifically in the like commercial songwriters kind of world, and was like, you know what? If I could be like a commercial songwriter, that would be pretty neat. So this song entirely was me. I wrote like a couple demos and then recorded them for the purposes of theoretically, I would never play them, but maybe they would make me money. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I put on my best uh, somewhat Southern accent in the song. It's uh, it's con- pretty convincing. Well, thank you, yeah. sir. Yeah, I heard I mean, it earlier. I, I would have said at any point, like if I heard this on any pop bro country, I wouldn't be like, yeah, well, that sounds out of place. Like, who's this schmuck who's not not from Tennessee? Like, so yeah, that was, uh, that was entirely what that song was. And I was, so I, I sent it to Matt earlier because I don't even remember how it, it didn't come up. I just, I think we were talking about bad lyrics and I was like, Here's this. Here's this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's just a free gift you gave to uh, him. Apparently. <laughs> um, and it was the best gift I've ever so, But the thing that's funny is like, so country songs are notorious for having bad lyrics. Bad, lyrics mm-hmm. however it's also like the a large part of the craft at the same time yeah. so i brought this song and the other ones that i wrote to um my boss's boss who has been in the country music scene for 40 years or so and like knows his stuff maybe yeah probably about 40 years mm-hmm. and pretty much his like honest feedback was music's pretty good like that you know that's more or less up to par for something or whatever uh lyrics you'd probably need to work with somebody and get them up to par as well Hmm. and i was like that's just so funny because everybody thinks that country lyrics are like some of the worst but they're meticulously worked over for so long no they are and it's always like a team of people yeah that's the funniest part about it the whole thing to me is that you'll and like i know people who are very good musicians Mm -hmm. and very good songwriters that work in that industry and like do that thing and that's cool but man if it takes five people to write some of these songs that does not say a lot what i will yeah i understand like the reason it takes that many people is they are aiming at a demographic yes and that's probably why it takes so many people because it's like well this part's not going to connect with people so we need to change it to make it more connecting it's got to be catchy so we have to figure out a way to make it applicable and also cat and like i understand that side Mm -hmm. of it but man it's every every lyric has to have a turn of phrase pretty much where it connects to the big picture and like everything is has a little bit of a wink wink nudge nudge but at the same time the subject matter is honestly in a similar way to like Owl City's lyrics have a lot of that where everything's like a little bit punny but that's like quirky lighthearted punny and the subject matter is like silly jokes kinds of things a little Mm -hmm. bit whereas this is feels like it should be taken more seriously because of the context so that's why I think uh, again it's like the work on the lyrics very meticulously but the subject matter isn't something serious at all. So it's right. like this dichotomy of, yeah, the lyrics are actually very well crafted, but not for me. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. So, uh, like they ju- I just don't care about them. Yeah. So I, the, and then Matt and I were talking about it too, uh, a little bit earlier. And like, honestly, at this point, I don't know what I'm, I've got a couple songs that are sort of within this vein. And then I stopped doing any of that. Um, <laughs> and just went back to writing the stuff that I actually prefer to write. But, 
I don't know what to do with these songs now. <laughs> yeah, like, because now you have them. And now you're like, I, yeah. yeah, I feel like I should show these to somebody or like, use them as weird joke gifts. <laughs> here, between okay, so here's some options. Not to say I'm going to do any of these, but if if you guys were in that situation, would you a create an alias? And put these songs you out. You do a Chris Gaines, but in reverse kind of thing, right? So Gaines just Chris. be like, "Wow, here's this, uh, here's this thing that somebody wrote," and then just see what happens and maybe make money from it that way. Um, but the bad thing is, though, is that if, if you showed that to any of your friends, mm-hmm. like just say you're at a party, yeah, and you're just like, it, but it's at your house, and you're just like picking the tunes, yeah. and then that comes on, everybody's gonna stop and go like. Are you okay? Like what? <laughs> what happened to this? And then you have to give some logical explanation yep. for why you've picked this bro country song <laughs> to play at your party. I would just ideally have it be played at other people's parties who are already <laughs> listening to that. Uh-huh. That's more fair. Yeah. So it's it's just this conundrum that I'm like I don't even know. It's probably going to just die in a vacuum somewhere. But I mean, at the same time, like I did work kind of hard on it, but. I, I don't want it to be representative of me in any way besides right. knowing the context. Not because there's anything actually wrong with country music. It's just not a dem- like I don't want people to be disappointed in either direction. Oh, yeah. Like well, somebody to be like, "Wow, this do. is cool country. I want to listen to more of this guy," <laughs> and then be like, "That's not it at all," or the other way around. What you should do is keep writing the stuff that you like to write, and then if you ever do show that to somebody of importance, and they ask you, "Well, okay, this is good, but can you write a hit?" Like, do you know how to write and then you something show them the that a wide on? Yeah, then you play them, turn it up. I know bro country's not a thing anymore, so this song won't mean much to you. Now we're listening to Robo Country. However. Bro, bro, bro country. Uh, Robo Buggy. So, yeah. Fly the Concords over there. That's exactly it. There's not a whole lot more to say on that. I mean, I'm sure there could be, but. I was. I was so pleasantly surprised <laughs> and and just very very happy and giddy yeah. earlier. There's a I've couple never known more anybody to write a, a bro country song. Yeah, like, and there... I honestly believe that this was like a radio hit. I really did. I thought, no, wow, I, I, yeah. th- why I, is he sending have me some songs? If you had said it was. Tom Selleck's great grandson that decided to get into country music. I'd be like, yeah, it's, sure, it's probably. Super well produced. <laughs> what a random guy. Tom yeah, I don't Selleck's know why grandson. Tom Selleck was who it I picked for that, but it just seemed like the yeah. mustache. Yeah, his yeah, his great grandson is probably like 14 years old if he's got uh, one. At sure. Jobs. I don't so know. maybe. I don't know. <laughs> he's also got a very full mustache. Indeed. <laughs> oh, there's a band named Tom Selleck's 14 year old great great grandson. <laughs> mustache. Mustache. <laughs> Man alive. Uh, yep, so that's that's that. There's a couple other songs where that came from, but that one's the most, I think, epitome of that. So like, that there you ideal. go. <laughs> so that's the secret to bro country, folks. Mm. Uh, these guys don't believe in what they're writing at all. At they all. write it for in you. Anyway, so it's it's very true. Is yeah. the only thing and but it's not like and they wouldn't see anything wrong with that. No, and, that's, and I don't see anything yeah. wrong with it. Nope, like, not at hey, all. power to you. If you can if make a product audience, that sells and people want mm-hmm. it, like, crank it out. Yeah. Make, make your nest egg and then just, like, coast. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. But I'm not going to listen to it or think it's, like, yeah. high art at yeah, the same and time. And also, I will say, I didn't realize going into this how... Uh, Right now, especially the commercial songwriting world is super competitive, and you because album cuts just don't make any money. Only singles really do because right. album sales barely exist anymore. I was talking to Blaine Larson, who uh, is getting out of the songwriting world. Like that was what he did for a while. Was he went from doing his own stuff to writing songs for other people, and 
And he was like, unless you live and breathe writing this genre and stuff and like you can't not write it, <laughs> don't do it. Like yeah. it used to be that there were thousands of people in Nashville that could all make a decent living doing it. And now there's maybe hundreds because mm. album cuts just don't make any money. Yeah. That's but, a shame. Yeah. There you go. Dang. It's just kind of the state of the music industry, folks. Yep. Yeah. Don't get into music. Or just don't, write your own music. Don't even pick up <laughs> yeah. an instrument. Or don't just, even think about music or listen to podcasts to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no. Just, try. you know, like, you can enjoy music. I I know mm-hmm. you all were joking. But it's just, I, yeah. I feel like more people need to hear the message of you can enjoy music and play music and play in bands and record music for fun yeah it yeah. doesn't have to be because you're trying to make it you don't have to do it with any pretense it's of way like more i'm fun. gonna be yeah. famous it just do it because you enjoy it and just have fun and yep. just enjoy playing shows and showing people what you've made because that's that's my favorite part of playing music 100%. and some people could say like well yeah it's your favorite part because you didn't make it like that that yeah. has become so far from what I even care about at this point. Like at this point it's in my crazy life, how I'm that so happens, isn't it? yeah, no, mm-hmm. I like I'm so comfortable in the fact that I'm not a touring mu- musician. Yeah, because that's just not what I want to do with my life right now. I'm so happy being able to sit at my house, you know, on, yeah. the, on the weeknights and like hang out with my wife and our kitten. Like mm-hmm. that's such a great time for me. <laughs> isn't that the best? Yeah, it is. <laughs> just kittens uh, in general, right? Just kittens, kittens in yeah. general. Wives and kittens, man. <laughs> man I have All so day. many scratches on it, but. Anyways, now that we've talked about bad lyrics that are making a lot of money, let's talk about bad lyrics that aren't making very much money also. Well, maybe made a lot of money. I don't know. I can't speak for everybody, but I know mine probably didn't. True. So I guess I'll go ahead and talk about it. Um, I know I kind of, it doesn't matter. Uh, So I've talked about Minus the Bear on this program a lot. Not that much. A well, bit. a fair amount. Yeah. I like Minus the Bear mm-hmm. a lot. Sure. I think they're some of the most like inventive guitar players and songwriters. But man, their lyrics are just garbage. Mm. Uh, that Ooh. that is harsh. <laughs> it, no, I mean it's just kind of the way it is. Like I think they were a band that was very focused on in, like instrumental ability and like overall instrumentation and song structure and like mm-hmm. making all these moving pieces all work together and really creative use of effects and all this stuff. And they kind of just had a singer to have a singer. Like, I mean, he plays guitar. Like, he also does a lot of the guitar work for the mm-hmm. band. And so, like, he's really involved with everything that's going on. And it's not that he's a bad songwriter. It's just he writes songs about stupid stuff. I like, wonder, in retrospect, if instrumental, like, you know, like, Chon-type stuff had been around and had been prevalent at the time and, like, could make money and all that kind of thing. Yeah. I wonder if they would have just gone that direction. Maybe. I, you I know, know. It, it's hard to know because like they're, they're not quite that technical. Right. Like they're yeah. they're playing is technical. Like they're good guitar players and everything, but they they rely a lot more on like effects pedals to do the things, yeah. or yeah. or like Dave Nudson's tapping is not like super technical tapping. It's mm-hmm. impressive and it's very melodic and like interesting to listen to, but it, it you don't hear it and think like, Oh, that's crazy tapping. I can't believe you did that. Yeah. Um, but there, man. And, and, and I really don't care that much cause they're still one of my favorite bands, but it, there just came a point like mid college for me where I was listening to uh, minus the bears, Minnow solo. So just in general. And I, I was sitting there, I was like, man, like nine out of the 12 songs on this album or however many songs there are on here are about just like drinking at parties and hooking up with girls. Mm-hmm. Like that's all he's talking about. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's not like he's doing it in an artistic way. It's like, and we were all drinking <laughs> and she came up to me. And I mean, it's not that like goofy schmoozy right. kind of sound, but like, that's what he's 
talking about. And so that's not pretty much, much different than Bro Country. It's really not. But mm. the fact that I like the instrumentation so much mm-hmm. more, and his lyrics are such a kind of like secondary thing that I just don't think about. And then once I do, it's like, oh well, yeah. What what are you doing? Like I don't I don't really care about this. But it, so I I picked a song, The Fix, which I've played on this program before for the guitar solo that's in the song. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. This is what he's talking about in the, the verses. Swimming pool with nobodies is a problem that we can fix. He dropped his clothes on the chase lounge and asked, Are you gonna come in? And in the night, the only light was the glow of the surface. As they slid in, the rest of them continue their talking and drinking. They'll never notice us. Like it's fine. Yeah. I, like I know a lot of the lyrics to it because it's not hard, and, and I mean, like the vocal line's fine. Like I, I don't mind the melody. I think it's yeah. perfectly fine. Whatever. I just don't care about what he's singing about. And I think that's, so many yeah. of their songs. And that's you know kind of uh, sort of like the Arcade Fire one, except in a mm. different way. It's not you know disrespectful or anything, but mm. it's just. Uh, just the the composition of the lyrics is fine, except for the talking and drinking is a little well, bit on the nose. And, and, and drinking, drink. yeah, which goes back to that first. It's almost one like they like, added that beat on there because he, yeah. he like forgot to so say God, it. And he was like, it. Oh, I meant yeah. to say that we were drinking. Also, yeah, I'd forgotten. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's uh, but besides that, I mean, it's like the it's you know poetic enough and sure. you know somewhat obtuse, not like super right down the road, but. Also, yeah, kind of just yeah. like eh, doesn't really matter. And especially yeah. if all their songs are talking about that, then that's yeah. not like well, and that's kind this of this is thing. their party song. Like some people, I, I I've seen some discourse on the internet about like people's varying opinions on Minus the Bear, and for a large chunk of their audience, like a lot of the appeal of Minus the Bear is like interesting instrumentation or like technical guitar playing with really low impact, like not deep, yeah. super light lyrics. And because like people don't want to think about it and like that's fine I totally get that but there's a level of just like when so many of your songs are and and I, I, I don't mean this like I'm talking facetiously literally so many of their songs are literally about going to parties drinking and talking to girls yep. and trying to sleep with girls and, and I mean like that, that is from a poetic standpoint about what a lot of songs are about <laughs> minus the bear just doesn't do it very like yeah. subtextually it's yeah. very just like this is what i'm doing and it's <laughs> i don't know it, it it i just don't care about it at all i uh-huh. love minus the bear their their lyrics are not something that i if i know somebody and i'm like i want to recommend this band to you i hope you don't like lyrics that much because <laughs> this band is not going to do that for you yeah <laughs> yeah man it almost makes you wonder like why even try to do the lyrics in the first yeah. place and i guess that's to be a little more marketable to an that, otherwise audience who yeah. wouldn't listen to you. Well, and um, I think if you if you look at the trajectory of Minus the Bear, that is 100% why they did that. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at what they're writing nowadays, it's a lot less technical guitar kind of stuff. Mm. And and the lyrics are a little bit less just that. Like their, their last couple of albums have been a little bit more like he's actually trying to say something and not just talking about girls at parties. Mm-hmm. And, but also the song structures and the time signatures and the guitar parts are all progressively getting a lot more simple and they're writing a lot more like almost pop tunes. Mm -hmm. So I, they, yeah, I don't know. I listen to their older albums a lot because I think they're really interesting. Their newer ones less. So like each time they put it on an album, I listen to it a little bit less. Yeah. Yeah. I've got bands like that for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. The, I mean, just feeling like you have to write. Like, I mean, again, it's something I fall victim to a lot of times is just like, well, I've got to write lyrics to this thing. Less so nowadays because I, I don't spend as much time just sitting around playing the guitar as I did in high school. So at that point, I would write some music and be like, oh, I need some lyrics. Whereas now <laughs> it's... it is sometimes more just the other way where I'll have ideas for lyrics every once in a while and then have ideas for music that kind of pair with that just at the same time. But uh, yeah, prior to that, it had definitely been like, here's a cool guitar thing. Now I got to add something (laughs) and that, that doesn't turn out too well. Typically. No, Um, it never did for me. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. It's, I mean, it can, but I think you have to be very intentional about it still. Whereas I wasn't. So if, if I were to do that now, like if I came up with a guitar part, I would, I think, try to step back from that guitar part, think separately, like what I want a song to be about that has to do with this or that that would fit with this kind of vibe and then sort of write a direction of a song at least before kind of going back into and just writing that. Because there's a lot of songs that I would, uh, even in like college and stuff, I'd sort of just be feeling something and be playing the guitar that felt like that and would record sort of a demo just, you know, with the open mic on my computer, just a reminder thing and just make up lyrics as I go. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the time I'd end up sticking with some yeah, of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I still do that. Yeah. And it's just like, that wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. Whereas now I try to be at least a little bit more proactive about thinking about the, you know, like overall kind of planning. ahead. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think part of it too is, you know, going back to what you've said about like, you know, why don't they just write it instrumentally or like, you know, mm-hmm. just if that's the way the song works, like just do that. You don't need to shoehorn lyrics. And I, I would probably feel different about that if I was trying to sustain myself yeah, on this kind of income or like trying to write something marketable because I needed that income. I, I can sit here and say like, no, I don't want to put lyrics on top of it because I like instrumental music yeah. and that's what I want to write because I'm not like I'm not losing anything <laughs> right. by writing an instrumental song. Like I'm not hedging against... Either two people listen to it or two people will listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm still not getting paid for either of those. So yeah. like I'm, I'm getting nothing for this other than like validation of that I can write yeah. an instrumental yeah. song. Like exactly. it's it's for me at that point. And, but if I, was, if I was thinking I need to support my family and yep. I need income to do that and the way that I have like set my life up to have any sort of income is by writing songs that make me money that I might feel drink go to parties (laughs) I need to figure out some way to to support my family write these drinking girl I need my family to come to this party (laughs) (laughs) see kids this is what it's about and the girls that I'm hooking up with are my wife (laughs) at the party party. Uh, yeah so I'll, I'll go into my last one the what you said kind of reminded me of it a little bit too, where this is maybe doing a bit opposite of that, where it's trying to be overly poetic and adding metaphor where it maybe doesn't need to, it just feels <laughs> like metaphor that feels on the nose, which seems maybe counterintuitive or something. Um, it's a band that, again, that I really like may yeah. that I, I really like a lot of their music, but sometimes Dave Elkin's lyrics are just like, you really like you wanted to try to write something I'll, I'll play the song first and then we'll uh and then I'll give other not specific examples because I can't remember other examples but kind of point out what he seems to do fairly often and that uh kind of bugs me but here we go we got acquainted on the warm summer's night top floor of your apartment 
was where we started clicking for the first time and our future it was so bright i was there to be the melody and under the impression that you would be my harmony yeah that text painting <laughs> yeah oh, <man>. that's <laughs> He's like, then I'm going to say harmony, and we're going to harmonize. Oh, I get it, because it, it works on two different levels. Yeah. I I don't... Whenever songs, like, talk about melody and harmony, just in general mm. is too much for me. Yeah, like, I get that. Uh, I, I just don't know why... And, Ironically, there's some things that bug me in songs that I've done in my own songs. I realize retrospectively, um, and there's a one thing that I hate in in songs is when a song says, and this is going to be ironic because of a conversation we had last week briefly, uh, when it says that little something called blah blah blah. But that was my freaking band uh-huh. name. <laughs> was a little something Didn't called. Band called and in retrospect, maybe it was like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like a little something called. So it was, uh, you know. Ah, ma- but those things are clever when you're younger. And right. those bands may write that stuff to appeal to a younger Could audience be. who thinks that's really clever. And honestly, and this also goes into a song from two weeks ago. The song Don't Look Back by Telepop Music mm. uses that line at some point um, and it's a little bit less overt, but it's um, like, don't uh, kill this thing we got called love or something. Mm. And the way that it's said f- flows well enough that it works. But I real I like, I hate that <laughs> in almost any song. And then listen back to that song at some point. I was like, oh, they, she actually yeah, does that. <laughs> but, um, but that's just such a pet peeve of mine. And so there's just some of those things. Talking about melody and harmony in songs and a little something called is... Unless maybe it's wink, wink, nudge, nudgy is is just really, really irksome to me. And there's just mm-hmm. a couple other things, even in that verse, that were that are a little over the top. But it wouldn't have bugged me if it weren't for the melody and harmony thing. And that comes back yeah. up in the song a little bit as well. And I, I, what is it like? What is it about that? I don't know if you guys have any idea, but like why those lyrics don't work? Yeah, like why is that uh, so again? Because they're they're because it's trying to be clever and and be on the nose in a way that is it's a trope it's like you know we all know what it means by mel we know the literal meaning of melody Mm -hmm. and harmony and then when you try to make that this metaphor of like well not even so much as a metaphor as it is like oh it works on two different levels wink 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 (laughs) wink wink. don't you get it honestly even in real life like it's it i guess it's not just a song thing it's just if if chad you were to come and be like parker you know what I love Alyssa. I mean, it's it's just like I'm the melody and she's my harmony. Exactly. I would even Ugh. in real life, I'd be like, dude, that's super like, cheesy. Ah. Super cheesy. And I I want to leave right now. Yeah, I just <laughs> really want you to die. Uh, I want that to stop. But so even more so in a song where just like you said, Matt, and you said too, Chad, it's just it's doing it on the two levels and which I like in a lot of contexts, mm-hmm. but because it's already something I don't like it, I, yeah. uh, I like it even less. So yeah. that's a song I, I love May and the album that's on is a good album, but I will probably skip that song. Yeah, just um, because of that. <laughs> yeah. Cause of that. And the lyrics of the rest of the song aren't fantastic either. There's some okay stuff, but man, it's kind of hit or miss. I think uh, sometimes like a cheesy lyric can, I guess it can work. I mean, yeah. if it's used in the right context, I don't uh-huh. know. Sometimes cheesy lyrics work because of the 
the music that's going on around them or uh-huh. just the fact that like I don't know think of any 80s artist they're writing che- like think of hair metal it's mm-hmm. cheese music like it's meant it's, <laughs> I don't think it was ever meant to be taken seriously and that's kind of why it works in a lot of ways so okay I, I just thought of an example of something that may or may not so I was talking to my sister about this recently um, specifically regarding the song I'm about to mention which is an old song of mine that I don't play anymore um, but there's a line in it that's extremely cheesy and on the nose but from what she said and i still feel like it's very cheesy but what she said makes sense is that there's a line that comes after it that contextualizes it and makes it uh it's it's a sad it's a breakup song or it's a like post breakup song and like sad things and all that and so the line is so just like the fondue you love so much i'm (laughs) i'm sorry if this is cheesy but you complete me so that's the line. However, and that is still very cheesy. Uh. But the line that, as far as my sister is concerned, contextualizes it and like brings it to be okay or whatever is. Um, so yeah, just like the fondue you love so much. I'm sorry if this is cheesy, but you complete me. And then yeah, that's what she said. You said you complete me. So something about that, and then like the sad context of the song, it like. It's not me saying it anymore. It's mm-hmm. more like this reflection upon it that maybe, I don't know, fixes or something. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure I can't argue that point as well as somebody, my sister could, <laughs> because <laughs> I still think it was really cheesy. Um, but, and it's a, it's just overall a sad song. <laughs> it's very sad. Um, but mm. yeah, so, so maybe it's possible to have cheesy lyrics and then like when you have a grander context, maybe it's not as cheesy anymore. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to stop talking now. Matt, what's your last one? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's nothing. This song is nothing. This song, <laughs> this is the stupidest, I quite possibly, nothing. quite possibly the dumbest song ever written. Uh, and I really mean that. This song might be dumber than any bro country song, any stupid, dumb hip hop song, any stupid, <laughs> dumb 80s song. It's a stupid song by arguably the best band that ever lived uh, is the Beatles. Um, Because I wanted to come in here proving that even some of the best bands have the capabilities to write the worst lyrics. And this song, uh, I don't know. Drugs, I guess. That's the answer, drugs. So we can debate on it all day. Drugs is the answer. (laughs) But I don't know what was going through the minds of the artists when they were writing this. This is one of the very few songs that the Beatles ever really let their drummer Ringo Starr compose (laughs) entirely on his own because he was not known for his songwriting abilities. Mm -hmm. Nor his drumming abilities. Uh, But he's kind of like the Beatle who wasn't supposed to be there, I guess. I don't know. I like him. He's, He's good to me. But... Yeah, he wrote and composed this song titled Octopus's Garden. This song means nothing. I, it, <laughs> you can sit there and analyze it all day. People have. There's videos on it. There's essays on it trying to contextualize the secret meanings of this song. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot like Yellow Submarine and some of the Beatles, like mid-60s stuff where they started getting into like animation and mm-hmm. making all those like weird, trippy movies doesn't mean anything and <laughs> i think lyrics like i the the second reason i brought this song forward was because i tend to do that a lot when i write my lyrics because i haven't had a lot of the experiences that a lot of songwriters have had to where they can write about this stuff and it you know means something yeah personal to them like this dark side. I, i've lived a good enough life yeah. to where i don't i don't have a lot of you know personal connective 
stuff to write about that's not happy but i don't yeah. always like to write a happy song so instead i'll write a song that's meaningless uh much in the way that andrew bird does except yeah. he tends to do a better job because he makes words flow really well and even the words that he comes up with are very clever and mm-hmm. it makes the song work this song doesn't do that um mm-hmm. i i mean if you haven't heard this song before take a listen to it this is just the first verse and again it means nothing it just <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. He'd let us in, knows where we've been in his octopus's garden in the shade. I'd ask my friends to come and see. Um, what are you talking about? It obviously means mm-hmm. very significant things that I don't I don't know if I can share with you if you don't know that it means this stuff. So okay, then don't because I already know you're lying and it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> this song doesn't mean squat. That's not to say it's a bad song. This is I like this song a lot. I think it's very catchy. Uh, again, it's one of those things where I didn't pay attention to lyrics for you know who knows how long, uh, but I could tell you what they are and I like the vocal melody. I really do and I really appreciate the song and I think that. You know, there's great production value here. I think the turns that the song takes are very interesting and keep you invested in it because it's really just like a simple pop song. Uh, and then it kind of turns when the piano comes in and the drums kind of fade out a little bit. It's just kind of like one of those unexpected things. You're like, oh, it's like now it's going into like this minor key and we're, you know, uh-huh. now we're just going. I, like I'd ask my friends to come and see. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but it's like, not a happy thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the the lyrics there are really they're literally just um, I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden, whatever that is, in the shade. Uh, he'd let us in, knows where we've been in an octopus's garden in the shade. Doesn't mean it, <laughs> yeah. If you could tell me what that means, why does why is there an octopus? Why does he have a yeah. garden under yeah. the water? Uh, how does he know where you've been? I mean, <laughs> does any of that have and anything? If you're coming to, to the octopus's there? garden, you weren't. You can't have been in an octopus's garden unless there was another octopus. This would be a very interesting, like a a long, like deep sci-fi movie that you don't know is about this until it all just kind of clicks at the (laughs) end. That that's what was happening the whole time. It's like an alien or whatever. That honestly, you know, like just some silly. You're kind of talking about the plot to the animated film uh, Yellow Submarine. The Beatles did. They have that little alien guy. Yeah, but like I'm, I'm thinking something like you know, I don't know, Prometheus or something where it's this big grand scope or like Interstellar, and Uh it turns out you connect all the dots. You're like, wait a minute. That was kind of like an octopus's garden. <laughs> Wait a minute. They were in the shade. Directed by Ringo Starr. Yeah. Wait, what? Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, alive. Uh, yeah, just the peace sign. Yeah, I mean, some, some bands really, I mean, all the classic rock bands are guilty of this. They write the most wacky, silly, mm-hmm. pointless lyrics. Like, I mean. Bicycle. 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 Like I promised my wife I wouldn't talk bad about Queen. So I'm not going to talk bad about Queen. But you Queen, may have, no. but I can say all I want. <laughs> I mean, but even then, like, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you're even talking bad about something to point out. They're like, those lyrics are very, like, are silly and don't mean very much. Yeah. And Freddie Mercury would be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. You got it. That's another fun song to take a deep dive into is Bicycle. Uh-huh. Uh, but 
Um, a lot of classic rock bands are guilty of this. Pretty much anything that came out of the, like all the mainstream stuff that came out of the late 90s is guilty of this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm blue, abba dee da ba die. What the heck is that song? Do dop dop do up. Dibby dab dab doo wop. Correct. Yeah. Um, come on, Barbie girl. Oh my I'm goodness. Barbie girl. So, anyways, that's what we think about lyrics. Bad ones, particularly. Thank you for sticking it out with us <laughs> all through the, the bad, the not good, and the ugly. But thanks. <laughs> You can check us out on the social medias. We're everywhere. At Joyous Eclectic. Literally everywhere. Don't you think you can escape from this? See you when you're sleeping. But if you have some particular thoughts about songs that we didn't talk about that you think have really bad lyrics and aren't just bro country, I don't need you blowing us up with bro country. We know it's bad. You don't also need to tell us it's bad. You can throw it to us at any of those social medias or at our Mm -hmm. email at joyouseclectic at gmail.com. And we'd really appreciate that. We love hearing your your beautiful little cyber voices crying out in the heat death of the universe of the internet. Chad, let me ask you this. Is it fun to talk to us? Uh, yes, it is fun to talk to you. I have Great. enjoyed very much my time talking to you. I decided I was going to say I'm going to ask you this and then had nothing planned. Perfect. I'm good as with that. As a podcaster should do. I think we should just go ahead and, and mark this as the moment in history when Parker Deal's country career took off. Really took off. Woo. Whenever they're doing that like slow-paced Civil War documentary about your life, uh, this will yep. be the moment they'll point to. Here's, here's really a dilemma audio. that we don't know the answer to just yet, but the audience will know the answer to. Ahead of time, knowing I was going to bring this up, I was going to have the title include something like Parker Deal is a country star. Parker is a country star? Question mark. Which you know is I don't know maybe clickbait or something. Clickbait. I mean, you should do it, but without but the question mark exclamation point. Here's the thing: everybody would then kind of probably know that that song was. That's true. It would it give away take some the, of the mystique. That's so true. that's you know yeah. the way we played that up made it a maybe little. Maybe call it like the mysterious country star or something oh. like that. It's like Chris Gaines but yeah. in reverse. Gaines. Chris. Oh, it's kind of like Chris Gaines but in reverse. What yeah. does that mean? I don't well, get it. Garth, no Garth Brooks had a, his alternate persona as Chris oh. Gaines. Who was like edgy and he like had a black swoosh and was trying to do this thing and like put out a hard rock album. But it was like, no, that's Garth Brooks. (laughs) (laughs) But he was like, no, I'm Chris Gaines. I'm not Garth. I don't know who that Garth Brooks is, but I think he's got friends in low Low places. places. Uh, Low places like Florida. Real high. Which is the opposite of little places. Yeah, but that's what we think about that. So Ooh. thank you for sticking it out and listening to us. Um, yeah, listen to our other stuff and rate and subscribe and do all that stuff. This isn't YouTube, but you know, you do you. We might have YouTube at some point. Yeah, yeah. why not? Because we're on the next week. Yeah. Holy cow! Stepping it up. Stepping that, I mean, up. it would not be hard if we no, just decided no, to do it. We that. just have to <laughs> literally do it. But yeah. anyways, we I don't love know if anybody you. Would care, thank but you for whatever. listening. We love you. Don't don't let anybody tell you you're not special. Thank you. Here we go again Get a hundred to your closest friend Start this up again. Yeah. So turn it up. It only needs.
needs to be a little bit louder So tell me how do you get this place so crowded I like it, let's go All night long to turn it up We'll keep it going till the morning rises And we'll just hope that no one ever finds us Or finds us Cause we turn it up to 11 So turn it up See we go again Go again.